0: Tonight is study number 10 of Revelation chapter 12, and we're going to be reading Revelation 12, verses 9 and 10. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And I'll stop reading there. And we saw in our last study that Satan, this great dragon, is given four names here. And that relates to the binding of Satan in Revelation 20. God uses the very same four names in Revelation 20 to describe uh, the Lord Jesus Christ Binding Satan and casting him into a bottomless pit for a figurative period of a thousand years, which represents the completeness of his binding. And that thousand years refers to the entire church age from 33 AD, the point of his binding once Christ went to the cross until 1988, May 21, 1988, the day before Pentecost, before the church age ended on that day after nineteen hundred and fifty-five years and and then Satan uh, was loosed at that point and here God again refers to the dragon, the great dragon, the old serpent called the devil and Satan for main names given to Satan by God, each one describe something different about him. But we also see through the four names, as the number four in the Bible points to the furthest extent of what is in view or the universal nature of what is in view, because there's four points of the compass, north, south, east, west. And Satan was active in all the world, uh, and, and God follows up the naming of Satan uh, uh, after mentioning these four names by, by saying that he deceiveth the whole world because it is um, focused on his activity in all the world. It's a universal judgment of Satan that came upon him when he was cast out of heaven As, as Jesus said in Luke 10 verse 18, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven and where did he fall to? The earth. And God also gives us language of his binding at that point because he would not be able to hinder God's program of evangelization as God would send forth the gospel into the world to establish the New Testament churches and congregations, over the many centuries of the Church Age. Well, before we move on from verse nine and 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 into the next verses, I'd like to look at this phrase that um, we read fairly casually. We understand it's true, and and we're familiar with it. It says of Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and of course he does. Uh, we we realize he is Satan. But we also know that he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere present. He is a creature. He's a fallen angelic being. When we read in the book of Job that uh, Satan answered God, that he had been going about to and fro um, in the earth, that tells us that he's not everywhere. He has to go to one place and then to another just like a person does. Uh, although maybe he can cover more ground faster than a person since he's a spirit being, but, but nonetheless he is not everywhere present. Then how can he deceive the whole world? Well, he can deceive, uh, people personally to some degree. He can also use his minions, the The fallen angels that fell with him that act on his behalf to deceive people, and he can use men to deceive people. The unsaved people that are in his kingdom, they are prey to him. Satan can manipulate them and use them for his own purposes. But more than that, Maybe this phrase, which deceiveth the whole world, goes back to the Garden of Eden at the point that Satan was able to deceive Eve and then Eve gave to her husband and Adam ate and both were deceived as a result of Satan's deception, his lies and, and, and his twisting of the things that God had said and until the point that Eve rebelled. And when Eve rebelled in her loins, or in the loins of Adam, excuse me, that's uh, more the language of the Bible. The Bible speaks of the man's loins and, and, and not the woman's. But in the loins of Adam, when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, when they, when they fell into sin and believed the lie of Satan more than the truth of God, all mankind was present. And Adam was our figurehead and when he fell and when he died spiritually all men fell and all people died in him and from that point on we were conceived in sin and and born into the world speaking lies and and all men were sinners but it's not as though any one of us would have done any differently Adam, according to the Bible, was our representative. He He was the one that uh, based on his action, the consequences of sin came upon us, but we we can't blame him. We are likewise responsible being a man and being in him in his loins. And And God uses that same idea of a figurehead to provide salvation for a great multitude, for all those he determined to save. It it works the same way, in a positive way. Jesus was our figurehead, and by the righteousness of one, many are made righteous, just like by the sinfulness of one, many were made sinners. It's how God has designed things to work. And, And so here, Satan is said to deceive the whole world. But it's not only referring to that, because the Greek word translated as deceiveth is a present active participle. It means an ongoing deception. And, And so from the Garden of Eden until today, Satan deceiveth the whole world. Not most of the world, not all the nations, but our nation of the world. No, the whole world, he deceives all the nations of the world, all the inhabitants of the earth. It's only those that are delivered, those that are rescued out of his kingdom and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son that are taken from the darkness and, and placed into the light that are uh, able to see the truth. And and that is um, only by the grace and mercy of God, as He opens up the eyes of His elect people to uh, understand the the truths of the Bible, and and then those people are are able to see the great deception that the world has been in um, throughout its history since the fall into sin. For instance, in Second Timothy chapter three. We'll we'll look at the uh, a few verses that look at the typical state of deception, um, the typical condition that this world has been in throughout um, all all history, all time. Um, beginning in Second Timothy three, in verses twelve and thirteen, it says, "Yea." And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, we, we tend to think of certain individuals as being evil men and, and seducers, but really it, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And evil is sin. If we have committed sin, we have committed evil, we have become an evil man or woman. And we are guilty uh, of breaking the law of God and subject to the wrath of God. That's the, the clear, direct way the Bible sees mankind. God sees evil doers, uh, Someone who has um, transgressed, His perfect law and good law. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, that is, increase, grow in wickedness, multiply in their evil doing, deceiving and being deceived. So the people of the world are in themselves, each one, each one of us, we're, we're no different. We were, we were born men, born people, born sinners, born liars, and we have been involved in deceiving. We've been involved in deceiving others. We've been involved in deceiving our own selves through our own hearts. Remember what God says in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 17, it says in verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And then God says he searches the heart. He knows it. But no man knows his own heart or the depths, uh, the degrees of the wickedness that lies therein. And and people, if you give them a chance, and if you say, what are you like? The majority of people are going to say, well, I'm basically a good person. And some will have um, uh, maybe uh, a less rosy outlook of themselves. But but that is the typical reaction of man. I'm basically good. They can't say they're perfectly good. They know that. But they're basically good. They might lie a little bit. They may have stolen some things. Uh, Maybe they didn't say the best or or have the best attitude towards this guy or that guy, or maybe they've thought some pretty ugly things a couple of times. But basically, overall, they're good. That's not God's um, analysis. That's not God's view of a person. After searching their heart, he sees desperate wickedness, he sees a heart deceitful above all things. Now, that's not a minor statement. A heart that is deceitful above all things. And and that is, put anything you want in that place in comparison to your heart before salvation, if you, you have become born again. It's not the case of someone who's been given a new heart, but but our natural heart the heart that we were born with the heart that we entered this world with the heart we may have had for uh, many years in this world and the heart that every unsaved individual still has that heart is desperately wicked above all things and so it's no worse that uh, or it's no surprise that having that kind of heart That evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're open to uh, whatever kind of deception, whatever kind of foolishness, whatever ridiculous theory that someone might have that's a lie, we're wide open to it if we have this kind of heart that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We'll believe in aliens. We'll believe in little green men from Mars. We'll believe in psychic phenomenon. We'll believe in evolution. We'll believe that abortion is a good thing. We'll believe that gay marriage is a right that people ought to have. We'll believe anything. We'll believe that it somehow um a good thing to walk down the street with a mohawk that's purple with earrings that are that are uh twice the size of our ears and and we're a man we'll believe that body piercing all over our body is just a a a nice little fad it it's it's amazing what people believe they believe somehow some people do that getting tattoos all over is is something that they should be doing it it really is incredible when we see the level of deception that that Satan is able to work in the minds of men in so many different fields in so many different areas uh of course, especially concerning spiritual things, religious things, things that touch the Bible then he outdoes himself in his ability to deceive. And so Satan uh, has has been actively deceiving men since the beginning. We read in 1 John 4, and this is why God tells us to be careful. And he says in 1 John 4, verse 1, Beloved, that's a reference to the true child of God, Believe not every spirit. Okay, now let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. God is saying, therefore, we're not to believe every spirit. We're, we're not to believe anybody. Whatever they say, we're not to believe it. And do we leave it at that? No. No, we don't leave it at that because he's not through explaining. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So, It's not that we immediately write off whatever people are saying. Oh, I'm not going to believe it. But when God says, believe not every spirit, that is a phrase that indicates or that teaches us we must check things out. We have to listen. Okay, you're coming with the Bible, let's say. You're saying the Bible says this, and and therefore we're not permitted to just dismiss it to just ignore it or write it off. We, what if we were dismissing something that was true? What if we were dismissing something the Bible actually taught? That that would be a wrong on our part. So we can't do that. But we listen for the Spirit because it's teaching a spiritual thing. We try the Spirit to see if it's of God. And God has explained to us in several places, how to try the spirits, compare scripture with scripture, spiritual with spiritual. And we, we make sure that what, what this person or teacher or preacher or whoever is saying fits when, when we compare scripture with scripture. Has, has this individual done that? Have they examined their conclusion and made sure it harmonizes with everything else in the Bible? That's the next part, to find harmony, to find a fitting into place like a piece of a puzzle. That must happen. People maybe can point to a verse and two other verses that go along with it, but but they don't uh, harmonize the conclusion. There's many verses that don't fit with what they're saying, and and so on. That that's how we try the spirits. Now, by the way. Just this phrase in 1 John 4.1, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Well, compare that to Matthew 24. And it says in verse 23, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. That's the exact same thing that 1 John 4 says. Beloved, believe not every spirit. But again... Again, now some people want to just point to Matthew 24 and, and say, well, it's talking about the end. And they're, they're actually not uh, accurate on that either. But, but they want to say it's talking about the end of the world and we're not to believe when a date is given. And of course, they're just reading all kinds of things into that. And, and they're trying to come up with a conclusion they want to come up with to justify They're ignoring um, information from the Bible concerning timing in the end, and, and so they can just dismiss it. And yet they're failing what that reference, believe not, is referring to. It locks in, and when we compare that statement, comparing Scripture with Scripture, it locks into 1 John 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Now, God doesn't give the rest of that information in Matthew 24, but that's how God writes the Bible. He he gave us enough of the phrase to direct us back to 1 John, and then it's up to the reader to be careful and studious and diligent and put the two together. And um, someone who's not careful or studious or diligent will just... Uh, superficially take a phrase and assume they know the meaning and use it to go in a wrong way. And that's what people are doing. But uh, also here in First John 4, uh, concerning deception, we read in verses 5 and 6, "...they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us." He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The word error is a related word to the word deceiveth in Revelation 12.9. Deceiveth is 4105, and this word error is 4106. It's a very closely related word, and they're both translated as deceive or error. And so here, God is indicating there's a spirit of truth and a spirit of error. That's why you try the spirits, whether they are of God. If it's of God, it will be a spirit of truth, and and a spirit of truth is again something that um, is defined by the Bible. As we compare scripture with scripture, harmonizes with the Bible. And and remember, it says in 1 Corinthians two, compare spiritual with spiritual, and the Holy Ghost teacheth, and obviously that would be truth. And when people do not follow God's methodology to arrive at a conclusion, then they're uh, they're not using the Bible to to come to right doctrine. Overwhelmingly, most of the time, they will arrive in an error at a deception something that is false and and uh, God's people are given ears to hear but it's not that we can listen and know automatically just by the sound we we can have a tendency in a certain direction we can know for instance uh, and I uh, uh, like to use the example of Mr. Camping When he's teaching the open forum or in times past, and I remember when I first began to listen, after having really no knowledge or understanding of the Bible or what was right or wrong in the spiritual realm, and I heard uh, occasionally a pastor of a church, uh, not very often, and then I heard Mr. Camping talking with authority, referring to the Bible, this is what the Bible says, and then reading what the Bible says so you could match up what he was saying about it and what the Bible said, and you can see it was one and the same. And you just have a sense. A child of God has a sense and a tendency that God gives through his Spirit of leaning in that direction, but still don't believe it. Try the Spirit's. We're all responsible and obligated to check it out to see if it's so, and and when the believer does so, well, okay. Um, oftentimes, yes, we were correct in our in our understanding that, say, Mister Camping was a true man of God, or Family Radio at that time was a faithful ministry of God, and and so we uh, we began to listen more and to follow the things said more. Well, let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1. In in the first chapter, God gets into a discussion of, of the time of the end of the world, Judgment Day, when he gives man up. And he says in Romans 1, in verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And that's that same word, error, that was in 1 John 4.6. That's a related word to deceived. And this word error is also translated as delusion in Second 2 Thessalonians 2.11, where the Lord speaks of sending them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And again, uh, in Second Thessalonians 2, it, it overwhelmingly has to do with the churches and congregations that believe all kinds of lies today. They're solidly entrenched in lies, but, but also Satan who deceiveth the whole world has deceived the nations and deceived the people of the world to a large part today into, uh, thinking more and more that certain evil things, they're wicked things because God says they are when he says, um, we're We're not to kill when he says we're not to um uh, have marriage except between a man and a woman and 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 those two are to be one flesh, and so uh, any divorce is an evil thing, any remarriage after divorce is an evil thing, any two men attempting to marry is an evil thing, any two women attempting to marry is an evil thing. Evil is just that which is contrary to the law of God, the Bible. And God here speaks of giving men up to these things that um, they would uh, eventually receive the recompense of their error, their deception, as men are deceived and uh, or deceiving others and being deceived and so people are are simply deceived about this they're deceived about abortion they're deceived about evolution uh, it's really a world that is operating on a, an entirely different different level than the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god god operates with truth and with honesty with goodness and light and the world operates on a different level uh, they they operate with lies and and uh, with darkness dishonesty with that which is wrong and and evil and bad it it uh, this is the normal operation of the world throughout its history but at the time of the end satan who deceiveth the whole world actively was deceiving throughout the centuries is given a special ability to deceive men at the time of the end both in the church and in the world. Well, we'll we'll look a little bit of Satan's increased activity in deception or regarding deception for the world when we get together in our next Bible study. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's evening Bible studies.